Hey, what's up, everybody? This is just your friendly reminder that this podcast is sponsored by the book sales of Rewilding the Modern Man and Awakening the Tranquil Warrior. The first book is written by yours truly, Trenton Sweet, and the second one, Awakening the Tranquil Warrior, is written by my wife, Caitlin, and myself. We are also sponsored by participation, memberships, packages, and the such from Energy Fitness Studio outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. We are also sponsored by The Old Road Farm, which is a local, organic, grass-fed and finished, regenerative farm in Washington, Pennsylvania. You can check them out at theoldroadfarm.com. Welcome back to the Energy Fitness Podcast. As a reminder of our sponsors, we're sponsored by Energy Fitness Studio and the book sales of Rewilding the Modern Man and Awakening the Tranquil Warrior. Today, we get to welcome Christy and Daniel from Evelyn's Farm. Yes, we're very excited to have them on. We recently just met them, but they are very, very cool people, and we can't wait for you guys to listen to their story and listen to what they have going on. Their farm is so beautiful. We got to pick flowers when we were there, and they have so many chickens, and they're so well taken (laughs) care of, and it's so sweet, and they're pretty local to the Pittsburgh area. They're right over in 84 PA, so it's pretty close to us, and they have some really cool stories to tell. So we'll let them go ahead and guide and introduce themselves, their husband and wife duo, so there'll be two people talking. (laughs) Cool. I'm Dan, and I'm Christy. Uh, and yeah, we we started uh, this whole journey uh, not really initially intending to have a farm. Uh, it he had didn't a, intend. Yeah, I always intended. She always <laughs> intended, um, which is usually how things happen. And I'm okay with it. Uh, but why don't you tell them uh, the real reason that we started everything? So we started everything for our son Bane when he was three. We got di- or he got diagnosed with autism at one of the most severe levels you can. He lost, and it, it happened really rapidly, he lost all speech, he lost eye contact, he would sit in the corner and hit his head off of things. He actually has a scar in his hairline from splitting his head open mm-hmm. numerous times, just little small cracks led to a nice little scar. Wow. And I just refused to accept that. Yeah. So we went to multiple doctors and got kicked out of multiple pediatricians. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> hubby would come home from work and I'd be all upset and he'd just like, oh, find another one, call another one, yeah. just keep going. Because yeah. I had seen autism. We have uh, children in our family that are autistic. And to me, what Bain had did not appear to be autism. It seemed like a lazy diagnosis. He was not consistent. Some days he was so out of control, I couldn't leave the house and it felt a lot like being trapped, and some days he was normal. And there was no logical tie that made that make sense. So what I started doing is journaling everything that we did every day, and trying to figure out what was causing him to start having issues. And as we were going through that journey, we finally found the right doctor, and this doctor diagnosed him with something called immune dysregulation disorder, and essentially what that breaks down to is his body, his immune system overfought everything. So his body was attacking itself and his body was so allergic to the food we were feeding him that he developed toxic gut syndrome and it was going through the blood brain barrier and actually causing permanent brain damage. Now, luckily he was little when we caught it. We caught it when he was three and three-year-olds brains are really malleable. So once we started treating him, and the treatment was amazing. When we went to the traditional doctor, his treatment was going, their, their answer was to drug him. 
Yeah. Well, here, when he's out of control, Drink give yourself. him this. <laughs> no. Oh, there's the fourth doctor we went to that was a traditional doctor. He told me that I better go get psychiatric help and get on oh. medication to accept my new reality. Because wow. this was the reality I was going to live with forever. And that's when she said, screw you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's and a good left. time to say screw you. Yeah. <laughs> because I, I refused to accept that for my son. Of course. Yeah. And then for him to insult the mom involved right. is really kind of like, do you know what you're messing with? Like, you're really not going to get. And the worst part is he didn't even mean it meanly. He meant, he really meant it. He, in his mind, he was helping me. Oh. He had no clue. Like, well, and, and that's kind of a, a mentality when, when you have uh, autism or autistic tendencies as a diagnosis for a kid. I mean, and that, I know that was the first thought that we had. It was, how are we going to deal with it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that um, is a lot. That's yeah. A lot. And it's, it's terrifying when your kid's sitting in the corner slamming their head in the ground and you're trying to, to pull them off and they're then biting you and ripping out your hair. And I mean, I've bald spots bite marks scratching i mean at one point i had a stranger ask me if my husband abused me no it's my (laughs) three-year-old at least you can laugh about it now that's that's, well and when you say bad food you just mean like the regular american diet right like Mm -hmm. yeah so the there were three main things uh that we uh so so bane had uh, a full scope uh blood work um, 17 different um, tests on that. 23 different tests. Or, I'm sorry. $17,000 worth not covered by <laughs> That's insurance. Right. Oh, that was, that was how much money it was. We do that, and every year it's not covered by insurance. Oh. I'm going to remember that number too. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. So you had to test them to see what, what are they looking for when they do those tests? So they tested him for a soy allergy, a wheat allergy, a heavy metal allergy, milk, heavy, a milk, dairy. dairy. But also, they did the full spectrum of what is toxic in his body. So kids with immune dysregulation, their body doesn't process things out. So they, their There's a lot of different proteins. Mm. In, okay, yeah. like, like in wheat, it's not the gluten. There's a different protein that, that he was having an allergic reaction to. Um, with the milk, uh, I'm, I'm going to get it wrong, but is casein is in mm-hmm. milk. That's the protein. Uh, it's not a lactose intolerant. Right. So he wasn't lactose or celiac. He had these different proteins were bothering. And his body also retained things. So their liver doesn't function as high. Um, so basically immune dysregulation tends to go down and fry the intestinal tract in the liver, or it goes up and fries the brain. Veins went up and as terrifying as that was at the time, it's actually a blessing because the brain was easier to heal than the gut. Um, so what we did is we took him off of wheat, dairy, soy. Soy is the big one. Yes. Yeah, I, believe that. Yeah. I don't believe any child in America should eat anything, especially genetically modified soy. It's so high in estrogen. 100%. Mm-hmm. 100%. 100%. Same page. Yeah. We took him off all plastics, so everything he eats off of is medical grade stainless steel. Oh, nice. We took stainless him- steel dishware. That's where it's at. Yeah, they can't break it. <laughs> that too, yeah, they can't. For bake. kids? I mean, just for kids, period. Yeah. It's great. Stainless steel. Yeah, we, yeah, we do no plastic, so it's all silicones, medical grade stainless steel. Um, what else? We took him off of peanuts, all food coloring, all preservatives, all fried food, anything with bleach in it. Why mm. on earth are we feeding our children bleach? Mm-hmm. I know. And people are like, oh, I would never feed my children bleach. 
bleached white flour, bleached white sugar. That word bleach is the same bleach you're using <laughs> in your washing machine. And yeah. those two yeah. things are in everything. The everything. flour and sugars and fucking everything. Yeah. Everything. And yeah. maybe on the back of the ingredients it won't say bleached white sugar, but if it's sugar and it is bleached white bleached sugar. sugar. <laughs> Unless it yeah. reads cane raw sugar, yeah. mm -hmm. it is bleached white sugar yes. in America. Yes, and that's in everything. They use it as a preservative for absolutely everything or to taste a little better or whatever it is. Yeah, there was a bit uh, of a learning curve as far as getting up on the the language of healthy food yeah. and reading between the lines because they have to list all the ingredients. Well, if you don't know what those ingredients actually yeah. mean, yeah. Uh, sucralose, like, yes. what, what is that, that yeah. actually? Uh -huh. it's, yeah, well, it's not it. bleached sugar. Uh, well, kind of, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just as bad. Yeah. Yeah, what, there's like, what, like 70 different ways they can put sugar mm -hmm. on uh -huh. a label, and most people don't know half of them. So yeah. yeah, when you look at a label and it says sucrose or whatever the fuck or bullshit, whatever you're fancy like, stuff oh, it's they dextrose. Put in. It's not. It's not sugar. Right. Yeah. Yes. Like, oh. Or organic sugar. It's yeah, still the same sugar. thing. Yeah. It, and it's hard to read. And, and I, I did pre-med, uh, pre-health pre through uh, undergraduate in college. And so like reading reading those scientific -y words uh, like I'm better at it than most people but it's still a complete foreign <laughs> language yeah. um, to, and so what's to that really mean understand. for people who already are like I don't even know what a carbohydrate is right <laughs> right <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not not easy so but that was that was part of the learning curve for us and and the things that we started to eliminate and and the results uh, happened uh, well gradually at first but after after the first year of being very consistent and Christy was extremely consistent um, that's I give her a lot of credit on that because um, that was that's a very difficult part of the whole process is yeah. um, if you only kind of do uh, this system to, to it doesn't it work. doesn't work it's an all or nothing or you don't see <clears throat> results and it had to have been difficult trying to change him the way he was acting mentally oh, at that time sure. trying to get those foods away from him probably was not easy and the hard thing for us and one thing I really commend Dan for is Dan would go to work and Bane would be sleeping and Dan would come home and you know at the end of the day kids are tired yeah. and they're naughty mm -hmm. and he always saw the worst side of our son because by the end of the day Bane was a terror mm -hmm. and he always believed me when I said our son is not naughty there's something wrong yeah. mm -hmm. and I don't think most men would have I think it would have been a huge brawl and a huge disagreement because, I mean, we're pretty on the same page and there were parts where it almost ripped apart our marriage and we're very solid. When your kid is sick, yeah, it's hard. Oh, yeah. And when you have a spouse that doesn't support you, I, I, I couldn't imagine going through that. If Dan hadn't supported me and keeping, I mean, there's a timer in our house because you can't just give a kid a lot of vitamins. You'll give him diarrhea and that'll go the vitamins. So there's only so much the stomach and the intestine can absorb at one time. So there's a timer in our house. So Bane wakes up and we set the timer. Every 15 minutes, the thing goes off and he gets another vitamin. Yeah. He gets, uh, is it 12 vitamins a day? Nice. Oh, something like that. Like, yeah, it gets a lot. <laughs> it's a <pilot's> lose count. <laughs> Every morning they come out, they go in the cup, the timer sets, and it's this huge 
thing and then nice. I mean even down to where we and every time I feel like every time Dan would come home from work I'd change something new look honey I threw away all of our dishware no more stainless steel <laughs> look honey I threw away all those expensive pans I made you buy because I had to have them and now we're only cast iron <laughs> yeah like, we only cook with cast iron mm-hmm. it, like, is it is better yeah. it tastes way better the cast iron was a hard transition it's a hard cleaning it's a hard cleaning, it's a hard cleaning. yeah it's that's a, the thing with it we've been there now for probably like five years on yeah. cast iron but at first Oh, we were trying to learn how to cook, let alone cook on cast iron. Everything sticks to it. If you don't know it and you haven't had these pans for a while and you don't know what to grease, what fat to use to grease them down, like eggs were impossible. Oh my god! We were eggs. like, how the f do people cook eggs and have cast iron? <laughs> that took like three years. That took like three years, years to learn. <laughs> yeah. We're well, like, oh the trick God. is, is just never wash the pan. Yeah, just kind of scrape the I have this, a scrubber yeah. that's like uh, steel wool, and I scrub it really good, and I hit it with scalding water, and I dry it, and I put it away. It never touches soap. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The moment you touch yeah. that thing with soap, it becomes fully stick. Uh-huh. Yeah, and then it gets real rusty. Too. It gets oh, yeah. real yeah, rusty. That, we went through a few of them. They wound up in mm-hmm. the scrapyard because I fucked <laughs> <up>. <laughs> <laughs> I put ours through the dishwasher. Oh, we got no. one for a wedding gift, <laughs> and it was like over a foot and a half in diameter. It was, it like, was a big one. So it was absolutely nice pristine. One. Probably yeah, a $200 orange. pan, and I was yeah. like, this is amazing. In the dishwasher. Not a good decision. Oh, <laughs> no. The stainless steel you can, though, can't you? Oh, yeah. You dishwash the plates and stuff? Yeah. It's really cool that you guys did all that though that's yes. like for one that like to commend both you guys like to commit entirely to know i will not damage our marriage i will not damage our child anymore i will not hurt our family at all like mm-hmm. i'm gonna go into this headstrong and like you said it took like a year before you really were you got the reward of all that work that's a long fucking time yeah, yeah. and but when we look at uh when he was four versus when he was three um, you know, that whole time, I, like I was skeptical about uh, immune dysregulation disorder. Um, I, I come from a family of, of physicians, uh, but the traditional uh, allopathic uh, type medical Give degrees. Them the pill. Yeah. And, yep. and, you know, so all the things that we're doing, uh, more holistic uh, healing stuff, that's her side of the family. They are all hippie lala. <laughs> um, and, and I'm more like, medical uh, hospital I understand that stuff but you know to being a whole year of of being uh, skeptical of it uh, but open to the possibility because let's try everything we can it's my boy Mm -hmm. Um, and then after that that year and you look back at at how they're behaving now which is a a normal kid yeah and I mean sometimes he has bad days yeah, every kid but does that. That's called a kid. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, tantrums happen. <laughs> yeah. But it's like a normal ratio. Yeah. It's it's something that <laughs> makes sense. Like we could, he doesn't he didn't have enough water, so he's thirsty. Okay, I get it. Um, and so just yeah, you know, from one year to that, it was it was huge. And so uh, whether I completely understand the magic that goes into how it happened, um, like is kind of irrelevant to me at this point. I'm just like. Look, I, I can have a conversation with, with my dad or or with any of my sisters, and we might debate on what what is actually going on or what actually was effective. But it worked. Yeah. The result is is what I care about the most. Oh, it and, makes total sense. I mean, you guys mm-hmm. eliminated like every known allergen, and mm-hmm. then any inflammation. Yeah, in the all body. the inflammation, mm-hmm. all the allergens. Like, gave his body total chance to repair, mm-hmm. to recover, and to recover and to grow from a healthy point. And especially as a young kid, that's yeah. important because now, like you said, at three years old when you started, he had all the opportunity for his body to grow 
with the proper nutrients and mm -hmm. give them almost a you know it's like giving them a good start really three years yep. old is young and yep. they have a lot of developing going on it's yeah really important. and then like to note too you said he just got tested right and he's clear yeah he is no longer on the spectrum at all he that's went from the worst you could be in his age bracket to no longer on the spectrum and he that's, just turned six that's crazy. That's and, and for anyone who's listening that like is dumb and doesn't think that food like you know matters not dumb but just not aware ignorant maybe oh, oh um, yeah maybe is more. that a nicer word for it yeah ignorant's a nicer word i sure. use that word but i usually get frowny faces <laughs> or but i understand but yeah because when you're ignorant of it if, and i was ignorant of it when you don't know yeah. you just don't know you just, you just straight just don't up know. don't know like yeah. we uh we had i think that story is so beautiful because you said he's six now and he's off the spectrum and so that's three years of just dedication to the body and it makes me emotional because i feel so much gratitude for you guys for doing that and like being able to do that and like having the knowledge to do that and given you know i believe from god you know that mm -hmm. grace to heal your child with your knowledge like that's so powerful and within three years how incredible is the human body mm -hmm. that it can yeah. regenerate, that it can regenerate like that with the proper environment and proper knowledge that you took a three-year-old boy who like you said was not you know that was not you couldn't not talk. watch him the front the part of his brain that was the most damaged was the part of your brain that said this is a bad idea so things that would never occur to a normal kid, like, let me just climb up on, daddy left a root, a ladder leaning against the roof. Let me just climb up and jump. Like, it, it, he would jump. Oh, he wow. had no sense of this will hurt me. He had no sense of this is a bad idea. And it also translated into fitting because he had no sense of, well, this might be an extreme reaction to mommy right. saying maybe we should have only one lollipop, not two. Yeah. Like, he had no, that little voice in your head that says, this is a bad idea, he didn't have it. So it was nonstop watching him. I mean, he slept in our bed the moment we had to have locks on all of our doors. It looked like we were afraid of people breaking in. No. But he had no child. Breaking out. Yeah. He had no context. Like he would if he got out the front door, he would be down the street and never look back. Yeah, and at three years old, he could have been anywhere. He could have been mm -hmm. anywhere. He would be anywhere. He'd go into a stranger's house, oh. he'd get into a car. He had no context of safety. And it was absolutely terrifying. Imagine, I mean, he went into the bathroom with me. He showered with me. And it wasn't because I was like, oh, I'm a hippie lala. It was because yeah. I couldn't shower unless he was in the bathroom with me because you just didn't know where he would go. That's really commendable. It's really <laughs> commendable. It's really commendable. And then to stick through it and then now have this beautiful son like we got to meet them and they were yeah, playing with yeah. our kids and when she started telling me the story i like was You're like that kid there's no like, it's hard, hard. Like, it's really is hard to believe third yeah, child like maybe they have a third child and it's just not out here he's a like, great kid now oh. <laughs> No, yeah, he's beautiful. He's a beautiful boy. And so and he played with our kids and I yeah. just couldn't get over it and I wanted to share it so much because yeah. I heard these stories so many times in podcasts or books or like, you know, areas, maybe somebody we follow on Instagram or something like that. I've never had that story to where it was like almost like a neighbor um, having this success, you know, with something that was so hardcore. And I just felt like that was so powerful to know and to know your story and share it. And and the you know the the need that we had to educate ourselves on healthy eating and that type of thing. That's really what pushed us into the area of uh, getting a farm mm. to grow our own food because growing your own food is the best way to get the best nutrients from 
things that he can actually eat. Um, and so, you know, we were think I was thinking, yeah, let's get a, you know, one acre, five acre little <laughs> hobby farm <laughs> for our own food supply. And she goes out and, and finds this 127 acre, 28, 28 right. acre, right. <laughs> really, it doesn't matter when you're amongst friends, one or two it's acres, so like there. acre. <laughs> this massive property, and the way that she works is, you know, once she has an idea, she'll grow it up to how big you let it go. And, then, then we make it happen. So. I remember years ago I said it to him and he goes, Honey, that's a million dollar property. There's no way on earth. And I went, Watch me. Watch me. So I, Watch me. how I work is I ask. Everyone's like, Well, isn't God going to think you're greedy? I'm like, Do you think your kids are greedy when they ask for that hundredth dinosaur? No. <laughs> Do you really want to give it to them? Yes. Will you give it to them at an appropriate time to make sure that they're grateful and the blah, mm -hmm. blah, blah. But at the end of the day, I get more joy giving my son Godzilla toys than I swear he gets from getting them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and my assumption is God works the same way. Mm -hmm. I so love I, that too. I believe I in that. praying things into fruition and being grateful. When I get a princess parking spot, I am grateful. I say thank you. And I mean it. <laughs> and I, I take that in my life all the way through a princess parking spot to a farm. I really, I saw that property. I knew it wasn't achievable for us financially. So I would drive out to it when I was having a bad day and I'd sit in the driveway and I'd pray. I'd be like, God, if this is your uh, will, open the door. And if it's not, slam it shut. Shove it shut so no one can open it. And I would sit there and I would pray and I would pretend like I was doing something productive and leave our kid, my kids with my husband. And <laughs> really, I was just out there sitting there doing nothing. That's productive. Just That's productive. And envisioning. Yeah. And finally, I was talking to my parents about it and they're like, well, let's go see it. So I drive them out there and we're cruising. It's an, it had been abandoned. It, well, I had thought it had been abandoned for five years. It, it, was, it was vacant for about uh, yeah, five years. It was vacant years, for so. five years. So we're sitting, we're cruising the barn like we own it. And this lady walks in, what are you doing on my property? And I was like, well, might as well be honest. I was like, trying to figure out how to buy it. Praying it into fruition. And she looked at me like I was crazy. And started up, we, that was it. We started a friendship. And a year later, she um, got an offer on the farm. And she called me, and I was devastated. I was like, well, I guess this is God shutting the door. Yeah. We're able to make and the whole thing. And I was like, I guess this is God shutting the door. Be graceful. Be gracious. And I congratulated her, and I told her how excited I was for her. And we had a nice hour conversation about her grandkids. And at the end of it, I got off the phone, and I pouted. And I was like, all right, that's, I got my answer. And then the next day, she called me, and she goes, I didn't like them. I'm not selling it to them. I'm selling it to you, and I'll owner finance it. Oh, that's that's fucking. All, that's yes, godsend. Oh yeah, that's godsend. That's God. yes. Yeah, that's so godsend. Fair so much. at that point, she's like, "I want a hundred thousand dollars down." I was like, "I don't have a hundred thousand dollars. It's a lot of money." <laughs> uh -huh. So I I, I was out. talking to my parents, and they're like, "We'll farm with you." That and is I was just so like, "Really?" Cool. And they're like, "Yeah." So my parents made it happen. They it gave right us the loan for the deposit on the farm. And they went 50-50, actually they have a little bit higher percentage on our chicken business. So they own and run the chicken business as the majority partner there. Mm -hmm. And then I own and run the flower farm as the majority partner there. And I couldn't have done it without them. Yeah, they ever have since been we instrumental. Went out, we went out to your farm, well, like three or four days ago now. And you said that, praying it into fruition. And we've been saying that to yeah. each other, like, since then. Because that is, like, because the world that we live in mostly, like, the... That's the same exact thing as manifesting. It's the same thing as manifesting. And so, like, yeah, in the yoga world, words. everyone's like, you know, manifest. You know, manifest, like, you ask. Manifest. You ask for something, and then you just, you same know, thing. if it happens, it happens. Now, now here's where I'll, I'll put a little bit of uh, my twist on that, because I think about that a lot, obviously, because she 
praise a lot into me. fruition. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when you praise something into fruition <clears throat> and you're given a great gift, it is now your responsibility to do something great with that gift. Oh, that's and you true. guys are so far. It, so far you are. We, we, we are the stewards of that piece of property that it was absolutely a godsend that, that we got. It, it was a gift from God. And that's how I think of it is I am a steward of this place and it's my job to do my best to make this something that I would be proud to, at the end of my life, say, hey God, check this out. <laughs> Look what yeah. we did yeah. with the thing that you gave us. Yeah. And um, that's, uh, you know, that's kind of ends up being the love that you put into the land. And so the ideas that Christy comes up with, I mean, she's the innovator, comes up with crazy ideas that I never would have been inspired to, to think of. It's co sort of my job to integrate that idea and make it happen. So there's there's uh, the two parts of it. There's you know bringing it into you know praying it into to reality, and then then take the gift that you have and do your best to make it something uh, worth worth having. I really wanted a lot of tulips, and they were out of my budget. And I was just like, all right, God, I'll put it in your hands. I don't have the money. I can't buy anymore. It's in your hands. So the guy from Home Depot, I make friends with him, and he goes, well, we just threw away an entire dumpster load of tulips. They got frostbite. He's like, well, you can't sell them if they got frostbite. They're in the trash can. I, like, well, I love a dumpster dive. Dumpster dive. <laughs> oh, I'm in and my babies, and I'm in the dumpster. And I, I don't know if you've seen our van. It's a 15-passenger van. I filled it. Completely, because I also got some plans from the from dumpster. From floor to ceiling, <laughs> packed tight. Well, the problem is they're all packaged in little ten sets, so that's hundreds of boxes and thousands of bulbs. And I got them in the middle of winter, so it's not like it's ideal planting time. Yeah. It was cold. It was a lot of work. But and, there's your gift. But there's your gift. If you belly, want it, here it is. You asked. By the last hundred, because I, I, my hands were shivering. <laughs> I was miserable. Every part of my body hurt. Because at that point, we had just finished planting 1,500 peonies by hand with a shovel. In the wintertime. In the yeah, winter. Yeah, in the winter. Because That's they fine. arrived in November when That's they were fine. supposed to arrive There were three in days we couldn't do it because the ground was too frozen. Yeah, I was going to say. And I learned that because I hit it with a shovel with all my strength because I was going to get through that thin layer of ice and it vibrated through my body and I thought I broke my arms because they were like numb. But the last <laughs> yeah. hundred tulips... It took all of my strength not to just go, fuck it, and throw them away. Like, I bet if I throw these away, God won't give me more. I have to be a steward of what he gives me. Right. So they're all around my front. I was like, I'm not Cherish walking. Yeah. I'm not walking a thousand feet down the field. So I just put them on my front yard. I was like, these are perfect. They're yellow. They're it's my husband's favorite place. color. Yes. They wrapped his office. We yeah. thought that's what bloomed the other day when we were out yeah. there, right? Was, was those are the those daffodils. daffodils. Oh, yeah, the daffodils tulips are actually just coming up now, yeah. Oh, awesome. They're going to be looking. Yeah, but what's there right now is is a fraction of the color that's going to pop out uh, later in the spring. Oh, it's going to be so pretty. Yeah. Yeah. I love that story. I, I love, love it, that. too. That so cool. I can, like, align with it a lot. Yeah. Uh, a lot of things in our life, too, we weren't financially prepared for. Uh -huh. Oh, man, we were just like, this is, if this is it, this is where you want us, God, this is where we need to be. Yeah. Uh, give us the opportunity to be there. And the opportunity always came differently than we thought. I always. always. Yeah, like, did you expect always. to be dumpster diving for all your tulips? <laughs> uh, we, I wouldn't we have, have said, have said, no. I have said yeah. the queen of a dumpster dive. Uh, well, yeah. I'm that, very honest about yeah. that. I can, I can actually uh, make a prediction. That will happen again. <laughs> <laughs> I know her. 
That will absolutely be that was our not future. Our last one. <laughs> that's the cool part of the story yes. too. Like, yeah. That's really cool. And you guys have been open for six months now, right? Yeah. yeah. That was mm -hmm. the. I. It's funny. I wanted to tell this story because Kate and I were doing one of our fire and ice events at mm -hmm. Sanctuary Well on the Spa, and we are good friends with Unkit, who has your guys' eggs and mm -hmm. fresh from the farm juices. And we were guiding this couple through their ice plunge together. And Christy's mom came over, and she was like, "I heard this makes you skinny and skinny horny." And horny. Yeah. <laughs> to yeah. the people in the ice tub and we just we all laughed hysterically we thought it was so funny and it, there was i think child it was a chelsea no it was the it was the married couple uh, the that married were doing couple theirs, that yeah. were in there so mm -hmm. it made it even better so yeah, it, was it was like perfect, even perfect better diet. and they were young you know like around our ages and um so they were in the ice tubs and we knew immediately because of what she said that we liked her yeah. so we were like we did, and we got to talking and conversing, and she's like, oh, we sell eggs over at Unkids, and we were like, oh, that's awesome, because we're always like looking for more protein source. You it was very easy to walk, like Renault. Yeah. Yes, she is, she is funny. Well, and then she told us part of your guys' story, and she was picking up, because uh, you guys use some of Unkit's leftovers from his juicing, right. super healthy, nutrient-dense foods yes. to yep. feed your chickens, which is another part of that sustainability. Yep. And I'm sure helps with, with feed, because feed is expensive for chickens, mm -hmm. you know, for all animals. But yeah, she was telling us, and she's like, let me get your contact information, and we'll get you to come out to the farm. And then we came out that day and met you guys, and immediately Kate and I were like, these are our people. Yeah. These are good people. These, the story is amazing. We had no idea that we were gonna like fall in love with you guys on the farm, but we like, we're like, we had and it was freezing. <laughs> you guys left, we were like, yeah, we like them. That's the same thing, yeah, the whole way home, we're like, how, what can we do to try to yeah. like, to be a part of them somehow, like to help them get out there, like whatever we can do, like we just need to. And it's so funny, cause yeah, when we met Ren, we were kinda, she was like, you gotta meet my daughter, you gotta meet my daughter, and I was like, Okay, cool. Like, yeah, I like you. You're cool. And then, like, um, we ended up, like, two days we were super busy, but we were going to go out. We were trying to plan to go out. Yeah. And just so happened we had a gap in schedule. And I was like, Trent, what do you think about taking the kids and texting Ren and saying if, like, we could go over to the farm? And he was like, sure. You want to do it? And I was like, yeah. Yeah, let's do it. And then we went over there just expecting to kind of check out the farm, meet Ren more. And, you um, had no idea you are going to be part of the first no, harvest of the farm. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. That, got, that was really cool. That, <laughs> that was, was really so cool. Cool, and it was a beautiful day. Yeah. We got to be. It was a little cold, but it was. Beautiful. It was, but it was, it was beautiful. beautiful. Yeah, and then um, <laughs> so much fun. And then we got to hear such a cool story and connect. And then we were kind of like, man, we really like them. And then we wanted you on the podcast to share your story because we think it's so beautiful. Um, and it was really cool. So it's funny how we met your mom, and your mom <laughs> led us to you guys. It's almost like your mom is trying to like like double date like she was like oh you guys are a good couple you want to meet my daughter and her husband well, that, that's kind of the story of christian and i meeting uh, the only reason it happened is because of renell oh really oh. yeah oh there you go yeah. so she she's like the bringer she's of, the bringer yeah, yeah she, that's she's cool. good at that uh -huh. that's cool. she's sweet too she's, yeah. super she's sweet, sweet yeah she's <laughs> sweet but she'll kick you in the ass when oh, you I need it she, she <laughs> kind of had like I, I told kate after we met her i'm like she kind of has this vibe like this old wise woman of the tribe vibe that would hit you with the cane, you know? If like, you need it. Yeah. But only like when you need it. And at the end of it, you're grateful for it. Yeah. Like the wake up. Mm -hmm. Like she's the yeah, one that she's the <laughs> Yeah. So I saw him at a real estate seminar, and that's actually how we met. And he was my teacher. And I just, I saw him, and I never wanted to get Hot married. It was, hey, it was. There weren't any rules at the time. <laughs> <laughs> Getting married was not on my to do list. I was chunking away at my own life. I was kicking ass. I was really proud of myself. I was hitting all my life goal markers, and I saw him from across the room, and I went, oh, shit. 
<laughs> You're gonna mess up my plan. That was I'm a planner to the point of absurd. Um, That's so funny. And I knew I was gonna marry him. And it was such a weird thing because at the time he was kind of chubby and he wasn't my style. And his he was wearing dad shoes and he had this like burrito That's how you know it's love. embroidered shirt no, on. She, and I was like, who are you? She, like, what are you doing? She's making it sound better than it was. <laughs> she's and like, I, how are you making me feel this way right yeah, now? <laughs> and apparently everyone saw it because unbeknownst to us, our first conversation is all on film. And the film crew was like making they were hard hands. Yeah. yeah. And, and they play it every time we do a speaking engagement with yeah. them. And it's like the standard joke because apparently everyone knew the moment they saw us, we were getting married. They like yeah. saw you gawking. Our yeah. first conversation, yeah. we're both standing on our chairs and we're just like locked in. And there's at these. There's these, 200 people around us milling, talking, like trying to engage with us, and neither one of us see them. Yeah. Aww, that's awesome. That's super yeah. that's sweet. Cool. That's yes. really cool. Super sweet. Did you ever expect that from that moment that you'd be starting this like badass farm? No. I always knew I would have a farm. You know, he didn't know. He had no clue yet. what he was getting in for when he married me. No idea. He had no clue. <laughs> but Daniel, I would from do it Minnesota, all again. Right? I, I love it. Uh, everything, it everything, all the crazy stuff that she throws at me, I've, I, I've thoroughly enjoyed. It keeps life very interesting. I don't have to worry about having a boring life ever. For, for, the, for the rest of my life, I will never be bored. Be digging holes in the because, middle of January, because playing I'm flowers. Married to the right woman. So I didn't know that my husband had zero game, and I thought at the end of the event he just didn't like me. Oh no, I got zero game. Zero game. <laughs> I'm his first ever girlfriend. He was almost thirty. Zero game. Oh, yeah. oh like, well, I mean, you know, like, yeah. I know, like, come <laughs> like, on, that's, that's like, almost what? rude. Did you have to so, like, that? the event is it, well, it, it kind of plays into the whole thing. The event, I've never asked a man out in my life. Mm -hmm. The event is ending. He's going back to Pittsburgh. I'm going back to real life in California. And one of his buddies is like, you have to ask Thor out. And I was like, I'm not asking out a man. And he's like, the whole point is the seminar is to take action now and take control of your life. And I was like, <laughs> I have control of my life. Thank you very much. I'm not asking out a man. And he like really pumps me up. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna do it. He's like, ask him to dinner. And I was like, that's a lot. He's like, ask him to donuts. I'm like, I got this. Dinner, donuts, I can do it. I can do it. And there's like 50 people that heard this conversation that are waiting on the outside of this event center door. So I go in and I'm pumped and I'm gonna ask him out. And I go, da -da, da -da, do you wanna get the dinner donuts with me? I step on my own foot and I fall. Like not a little fall. Like, Oh, that was like a movie wow. scene. I, 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 I catch know. her before she face plants into the ground. Oh, and even caught her. Oh, I caught her. I literally fall. Oh, oh, I stepped oh. on my own foot. I was so nervous. Prince in shining armor. Yeah. I caught her. He caught me like a, a Did you kiss her off like the as ground. You oh, no. That would mean I had game. So he stands me back up on my feet, holds me on the shoulder, and goes, um, no. Oh, oh no. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's go. And I'm like devastated. I'm like, oh, yeah. And I take off out, oh and there's this God. herd of people that are waiting for me to walk out in celebration. Oh, no. And um, I get out the door, they're like, What did he say? Like, he said no. And they'll go, Oh, <laughs> you're pretty. You'll find someone else. Oh, it's okay. And I'm like, Dying. So embarrassed. You're so beautiful. Don't so let me I'm so flustered. I go to leave and I lock my keys in my car. This is where God steps in and saves him from himself. Yep. <laughs> it takes two hours for the AAA. Uh, AAA guy to show up. Uh, so I'm sitting in this hotel lobby with all these people walking up and petting me, telling me uh, it'll be okay, <laughs> for hours. And I'm like so mortified. 
And then he texts, and so then I go in, I get in my car, and I swear God took the gas out of my car. I am organized. My car is never out of gas, and it was like below the E. And I'm like, okay, I'm getting gas. So I'm sitting at the gas station almost three hours later, and he texts me, are you still at the event? Would you like to get dinner? And I was like, fuck you. Fuck yeah, you. I don't want to get dinner with you. <laughs> Which is the correct response. I'm like, yeah, it's the expected response. <laughs> so up to this point, little you know, like the guy that you have a crush on turns you down, you fall into his arms, then you lock no. your keys in a car, wait for someone to come up, and then you run out of gas. No, no, before we get to, to the end of your part, there is a second part of the story. Uh, oh, hold on. No. So this is where my mom dies in. I go, can you believe the audacity? I'm saying no. I might even just send him a bird emoji. And she goes, you're going. I am not going. She you are going. I'm going to make your life miserable. That's the one you're marrying. You're going. And I'm like, I'm not going. You're going. She like takes the keys and I'm like, I'm going. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. If she hadn't, I wouldn't be here today. It was the what? best thing. Sometimes as a mom, you've got to kick your kids in the ass. Yeah. And I needed the ass kicking and she gave it to me. Uh -huh. Now, on, on the other side of that, um, not that uh, I justified any of the idiocy that I uh, partook in, um, but when she came in, I was I was breaking down the whole uh, stage and the speakers and all that kind of stuff, loading it in. And uh, <laughs> she comes in, she asks if I want dinner donuts, trips and falls, which literally almost hit her face off the ground. And my brain, like, she's a pretty girl, right? And I got no game. <laughs> and you know when when like nothing comes like you. <laughs> and, and you can watch, I mean, I remember it was third person watching myself run into a, a train wreck and just, <laughs> no, is all that came out. All I was trying to say was, I don't understand what dinner donuts is. <laughs> like, no, I can't go right now. I have to finish what I'm doing. And, and what came out was, no. And if I could smack myself in the face, give myself a swirly and, and tell me to go home, I would have. Um, <laughs> But she just turned and left because I mean, obviously that's She's not what you're saying. I was out. Yeah. Yeah. You were so fast. Talk about it. Like, I, I was, why though? Yeah. Did you uh, mean though? I, I was just standing there and I looked at the other guys in the room like, what just happened? <laughs> and and so I'm trying to figure out what's going on and 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 uh, so uh, I finished loading up and the the friend that told her to come in and ask me out, he comes up and says, Are so you going to dinner with with Christy? And, and like, he knew. He said no. And, and so he knew. I told him. So I, I go. Out and I was like, he well, said no. well, no. She she asked me to, to dinner donuts, and and I said no. <laughs> and he goes, well, that was dumb of you. <laughs> and and that's like when the brain finally clicks into place. I was like, that that was dumb. That was dumb. <laughs> she asked me out. Oh my. God, that was stupid. You're an idiot. He's like, well, call her up. Call her up. It's like 10 o'clock at night. She's probably asleep. I just told her, I turned her down. She's going to rip my head off. That's the best case scenario. She's like, send her a text. I'm like, I don't like sending people texts. I'd much rather, let's talk in face. If you want to slap me in the face, slap me in the face. Texting is a, is a, a weak man's out. So I send her a text. So... So I sent her the text, <laughs> and I'm thinking I'm like, gonna what get. A weenie. I, yeah, I think I'm thinking I'm gonna get a response like "Go fuck yourself." Yeah, <laughs> which he would have. And, if my mother had to right, make me be nice. because it's the correct response to that scenario. <laughs> she texts back, "Okay, I'll be there in uh, 10, 20 minutes, whatever oh. it was." Because I'd run out of gas. How did you get her? What? 
Okay. So how what? did you get the number? From the friend. From the friend. From the, the friend, friend was um, okay. my person who was leading me through the event. Oh. So he was my contact to say, be here, be there. Yeah. Ah, so he gave you her number to text her. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we end up going out to dinner. And, <laughs> and I was grumpy at this point. Yeah. So we didn't even make it out of the hotel where we had the event. And I was like, well, you know, I might as well just burn this bridge now. So I, we are walking and I look at him and I go, save some time. I've got more guns than you. I've got <laughs> more power tools than you. I'm probably more successful than you. And I have a zombie apocalypse plan. <laughs> I was like, I have a zombie apocalypse plan. This is awesome. <laughs> she's giving me these lists. She's like, the yeah. coolest All person I know. He scared every other guy away when we went on a date. He was just like, yeah, yes. so do I. And I was just like, cool. All right. And I was like, like, maybe, right, maybe this is worth my time. Maybe this is worth my time. Then just, it was 20 questions. And, and our favorite things were the favorite things. And We had a 45-minute yeah. debate about roof versus basement. And it took us a while to realize he's thinking Pennsylvania winter, basement, zombies go in the basement. I'm thinking California, <laughs> sit on the roof, drink beer, oh, shoot them with a bow. Oh, <laughs> right. that, put a nice little rope on that arrow, <laughs> ring it bike back, drink your next beer, shoot it again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm feeling like <laughs> in the middle of a zombie apocalypse. Zombie. <laughs> <laughs> the first day about the zombie apocalypse. That's so apocalypse. funny. She rattles off these things because she's like, if this is going to be a shit show, I'm going to end it now. So yeah, it's I mean, not. So I'm just going to look at you I'm and I'm just going to tell you. I'm no. going to. Throw all these threatening things out there and see how you receive it. And if you receive it well, cool. Let's go out. And, and <laughs> she hasn't stopped throwing out crazy things to this day. And I enjoy it. Here we are. <laughs> off later. <laughs> what are dinner donuts? That's yeah. so funny because you're like fumbling. You want to say dinner and donuts. But he's like, what's it? Is that like pizza donuts? Like what is going on? It's like, like California people are yeah, weird. Yeah, they're weird. Like donuts. Donuts. <laughs> they donuts that, that is the only way. <laughs> That is the only way it works if if you got no game is if God gets involved yeah. and, and saves you. Locks, locks the keys the in the your car, yeah. drains the gas out of your car. God's like, it's going to take him a while to come to his senses. So. <laughs> it took him three hours, so three hours. Yeah. quite a while. She's the right one for me, though. That's funny. So and, funny. And so Ren was the, the final decision there. Yeah, yeah. Was like, so, you made it happen. Mm -hmm. You're going. That's cool. Well, you have, you have big support there from your mom. Yes. Yep. So that's yes. really cool. <laughs> yes. That is so cool. That's such a funny story. I'm glad you guys yeah. told that. That's <laughs> I know. Really that's good. really funny. My cheeks hurt from smiling. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, John. <laughs> and then 10 years later, Evelyn's Farm evolved yep. from, from that from yeah. dinner donuts and <laughs> zombie apocalypse. Yeah, zombie the whole apocalypse. time I lived here, so how he actually got me here was he invited me here for two weeks and then we were gonna go to Houston and flip houses in Houston for a couple months and then I was gonna go home and he was gonna go back to Pittsburgh. And I got to Pittsburgh and I realized that there's no way he can go to Houston because he is his business and if he left, it would fall apart without him because he, I mean, when you're starting your own business, you are the core of that business. Mm -hmm. You can't just be like, ah, see ya, I'm going to Houston for a couple yeah. months. Mm -hmm. And then I, I don't know how I got involved in your business. I think I'm just super bossy. That's kind of how you are. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I say that in your bills? Because <laughs> I mean, I managed a welding shop at that point and I was the office manager and I was bored and I was like, who's paying your bills? I can do that for you. I've got nothing else to do. Sitting here for two weeks in the cold, can't go outside. I don't oh yeah, she came the coldest week uh, that entire year. Yeah, I was California winter ready with my sweatshirt and jeans and flippy floppies <laughs> she and hit, sneakers. She hit one degrees plus a pretty high windshield and oh! <laughs> The day I arrived in Pittsburgh was the coldest day they'd had in 20 years. 
And I stepped out of the airport. My body went into shock. I got an instant migraine, sort of throwing up, and couldn't get warm. I, just I had her by the it. fireplace down in the basement trying to warm her. Just up. throwing up. I'm like, what a great first impression. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And my hooked. body was, was not hooked. prepared for cold. I mean, in California, when you're 23 and you're poor, um, you keep your AC set at 90 mm -hmm. because 90 is cooler than 110. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> and 90 was cold for me. Like a cold, cold day in California is 65 degrees. And like that's when you bust out your snow jackets and your Ugg boots and you stay inside, you drink hot chocolate. <laughs> and I arrived and it was like wind chill negative 20. I had never touched that kind of cold. It was, it's amazing I stayed. Yeah, you're like, that is her kryptonite. <laughs> she, she is a superwoman, but uh, cold is the kryptonite. We were but actually, now you walk around the farm. Oh, like, I, I have done that cold. a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I learned as long as I stay moving, I'm good. But we were talking on the drive over here about your ice plunge, and I was like, yeah, honey, there's a lot of things I would do as long as they're moral and don't bother me ethically. That ice plunge? Mm-mm, no. I'm out. <laughs> no. I think there's 10 things that are moral and ethical that are a hard no for me, and that one is a hard no. Hard no. I mean, we're doing one this Sunday. No. Anyway. I'll do it for fun. You, did. Did. you could not give me a million dollars to get in that ice water. That is my hard no. Everyone's got something in life. Some people have spiders, it. snakes, ice water. Mm-mm. Nice one. No? Nope. Everyone's got to have a hard no. Yeah. No, hard no. Everyone's got one. It's true. But yeah, we, uh, she started managing the business, and uh, then I, I uh, kept her in Pittsburgh with uh, chickens. Well, he needed me. With I was, chickens. Yeah. I was bossy, and he needed an office manager. He didn't know it yet. My husband is the nicest man in the world, and everyone steals from him. Mm. So mm. he needed someone like me that's terrifying and mean and not afraid to throw your ass in jail. His property manager had two different contracts, one that she submitted to him and one that she had with the tenants. And so the tenants wow, had a contract for $800 a month and he had a contract for $600 a month and they had to pay the difference in cash. Well, guess where that cash went? So I had to go door knock on all of his tenants and then I had to work with his, uh, Dan's mom and she helped me catalog all the bills that the tenants hadn't been paying, that the property manager had been funneling. And then I had to threaten to put her in jail. And yeah, that's for me, dirty. it was all fun. For that's him, that, that, for Dan to threaten someone he likes to go to jail, he would never do it. For me, I'm like, I don't know you. I don't care. You're stealing from someone I love. You're going to jail. The enforcer. Yeah. Yeah. The enforcer. He say, she made payments. And she uh -huh. paid us all back. Okay. Oh, because his money at that point. We weren't yeah. married yet. <laughs> That's awesome. And See? then I just stepped in because I'm controlling and can't help myself and started managing. And then... <laughs> He kept me. Apparently, he liked Bossy. Okay. He liked it. Yeah, he liked it. <laughs> well, he got him all his money back. Yeah. 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 That, was, yeah. that was nice. That was, that was a he didn't have to hire attorneys anymore because I did all that for him, too. Because, I mean, I'd been in property management since I was 19, and I had been in property management in super liberal California. Mm -hmm. So when I stepped into Pennsylvania where landlords hold power, I was like, you're like, oh, Attorney, we can do all I don't sorts. need this. <laughs> That's really dirty of that person, though. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah That's really was. dirty. Yeah. 200 bucks a month or whatever back. from yeah. all these people. Yeah, that's that's yep. gnarly. <laughs> yeah. How long did that go on for before, like... Uh, that probably... Probably years. a year. Uh, yeah, she was, she was doing it for probably a year. That's messed up. Yeah. And the tenants probably knew something was kind of fishy there, but didn't really... Yeah, I mean, I, I, my real estate, I, I had um, a bunch of different places all over Pittsburgh. I had a few places outside of state, so there was a lot to to For keep managed. Yeah. Um, we and, had sixty-five units when we met. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah. So she was able to. That is a it's easy to sweep under the rug yeah. when you have a lot right. on your plate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. And at the same time, he was running a very successful flipping business. 
So he was managing contractors. I mean, you busy, had busy, a busy. lot. <laughs> eight flips going when I moved here, and he, I was super helpful, and I cleaned his house for him, and he had all these bags of paperwork everywhere, like Trader Joe's bags. Dang. So I lovingly burned them for him. Well, that was his filing system. Oh, oh no! Oh, yeah. yeah. 2012 taxes. It's it's past. It's past when the IRS can. Oh. Yeah, they, they, they fine. Can. It's fine. <laughs> It's all good. So it was just like, yeah, he doesn't know it. Where's my filing cabinet? I need my Trader Joe's bag. (laughs) So I went on OfferUp and got a used filing cabinet. Now there's more filing cabinets in our basement than basement. There's some things I'm great at, and there's some things that I'm very horrible at. Well, you have to compliment each other. Kate and I are the same way. That's how it has to be. Especially when you run businesses together. You both can't be the mean one, and you both can't be the nice one. He has has the perfect out. If a contractor's like, oh, I need you to pay me in advance, he goes, have you seen my wife? She's terrifying. If she's you a redhead. She fits she's a red. everything you've heard. <laughs> she's a red. He literally she's says, if you want to advance, ask my wife. You know how many people have asked me? None. No one. And That's he funny. really plays into the fact that I'm terrifying. Sometimes if someone's giving him a challenge, we'll have a nice little staged fight and I'll be absolutely horrifically mean. Oh, and then I'll get cool. in the car and he'll give me a kiss and I'll drive off. Because it's fun being the bad guy if you don't actually have to like be the bad guy. If you're not actually the bad guy. It's role play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like role play. It's role play. This could turn into something. Yeah. Like, you know, that's yeah, a Oh, that's really so that, besides the farm, so you guys are both real estate agents, correct? No. Not agents. Investors. Investors. Yeah. Investors. Okay, so you invest in properties then? Mm-hmm. And is that your main business besides the farm? Uh, yeah, that's my thing. Yeah. Lovingly okay. dumped our entire real estate empire on my husband's shoulders like a giant wheelbarrow of dirt. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, honey, I used to do all half this work and now it's all yours. I hired you an assistant, I love you, yeah. bye. I'm farming. <laughs> yeah, and now you take over the farm more so, and then he's now starting to come into the farm more. Yeah, I'm too. gradually yeah. reeling him in like a long range fish. You know yeah, those I fish d- that are so fighty that if you reel them in too fast, they'll snap the line and be gone. Yeah. So just every day I make a little <laughs> crank. Just like tuck, tuck. And a little crank. He just finished tuck. his last apartment and we have no new projects. And I haven't sent him a single property in six months. He hasn't noticed that yet. Because <laughs> <laughs> usually I find the properties and I'm like, honey, let's make an offer. She thinks mm-hmm. she's so tricky. She thinks she's so tricky. <laughs> she thinks she's, she's so tricky. reeling faster. Yeah. Yeah. She's like speeding it up. <laughs> I had the forester over this morning to talk about getting him sheep and expanding his pig empire. The pig he likes empire. the pigs. I don't get it. I, they're kind of scary. You love to me. the pigs. I like one of our pigs. You love and them. And I like the baby pigs. Well, oh, I, I like that you. story. You should, you should share that story. We were when we were at their farm the other day. I told the kids if they caught a chicken that I'd take them to ice cream or some shit because they were crying about one something. I said, catch chicken. And then Daniel told this story. <laughs> so I, my, my, my mom's uh, uncle had a pig farm. And so I was about three or same, same age as your kids um, when we went out. And my great uncle said, if you catch a pig, you can have them. They're and really fast. So fast. <laughs> and so I chased pigs all day long, which was the complete idea of, of doing it. Well, I ended up catching a pig. <laughs> and but then my parents obviously didn't let me take it home, and so I kind of held it over them. Uh, His every, entire life. My entire life. I, I bring it up periodically. That's every Thanksgiving without fail. Yep. Oh, we're eating pork. Remember my pig. Yep. Yep. And so finally, this last year, Christy uh, got me my pig. 
<laughs> I got it for him for his birthday, and it's a Cooney Cooney, and she's so cute. She's got red hair just like me. Oh. <laughs> and I saw her on uh, Craigslist, and I was like, yes, you are mine. <laughs> and I was going to try to surprise him, and I was like, I don't know if I can catch this by myself. So, hubby, surprise, get in the car. <laughs> We're, We're getting your pig. We're getting yeah. your, this time when you catch it, you get to keep it. Exactly. Oh. And, and I brought up to her so many times, she's like, I'll never get a pig. I, she wanted a goat. We're going to get a pig. Oh, I want a goat. I want a goat. Okay, you can have a goat as long as I get my pig. Fine, we're not getting a goat. And that was like literally how I got out of getting goats for this long. I mean, we, when we got chickens, we ended up with 60 chickens in an area that you're not really supposed to have. You weren't chickens. allowed to have any chickens. So when our neighbor, so we had a neighbor that didn't like us. And she wanted, well, she didn't like us because I'm a tree hippie and she wanted to this, clear this cut. This is an assumption. She wanted, it's the truth. She wanted to cut <laughs> all the trees on our property because they shaded her pool. Now she knew that when she bought her house. It's not like the trees sprung up out of nowhere magically. <laughs> and she goes, oh, well, we're gonna clear cut all these trees. And I'm not. I like trees. I bought my property because I can't see Long, yours vicious of all story that <laughs> oh, has yeah. some details that we'll so just leave back, <laughs> She turned me in for chickens. So the city calls me and they're like, well, you got to get rid of all these. They sent me this terrifying letter about how they, if I don't get rid of them, they're going to come and exterminate them. So I call oh, the city code. Yeah, yeah, they use exterminate. It's a very, very violent word. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's really, you know, like, saw them down. Uh, with, yeah. Like, and it, that's awful. Go back there and start I, shooting all, them When down. I see that, I, I think chickens running around with their heads cut off. <laughs> yeah. Everywhere. Because we had 60. It was, it was a lot for a little backyard. Well, I was really lonely. And buying baby chicks made me happy. I mean, I'd been here for six months. I hadn't had a single friend. Mm -hmm. And I was just sitting home alone, doing paperwork, <laughs> set up to sundown, not leaving the house. And he'd be gone all day. So I, every time I'd go to Tractor Supply to buy chicken food, I would buy more chickens because mm -hmm. it made me happy. It's called chicken math. It's a thing. Yeah. So we <laughs> ended up with 60 of them. And the guy called me. And it, I mean, I had no friends. So I t each one of these things had a name. I could call them. They would come when called. Like, <laughs> it was bad. Very well behaved. It was very, really, well behaved. It was really bad. And he tells me he's going to exterminate my chickens, so I call him in hysterical tears. I'm like, man, I don't have any friends with my only chickens. 85% authentic. Yeah. So he goes, well, blah, 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 those are the rules, and I just keep crying, and those are the rules, and I just keep crying, and those are the rules, and I just keep praying. Just don't get caught and fence your yard. And he hangs up on me. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah. Don't get caught. So we actually found somebody out in 84 who actually lives pretty close to our farm now. Um, and we're able to get a bunch of the chickens out so there. So he made me get rid of half my chickens. Yeah, I was like, Still look, later. look, we 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 tested the lines and we went well over it. <laughs> Let's not test it again. Apparently, twenty illegal chickens is a different thing to sixty-eight illegal chickens. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, I can see that. I can see it. It's like crossing the line by a ton. Yeah, and then just kind of like just right. flirting with it, you know? Like I get it. I'm fine yeah. with gray. Yeah, yeah, I get the gray. Yeah. Well, now you have 128 acres. And it shows yeah. up in about a thousand plus chickens. My goal is yes. to get up to 3,000 by the end of this year. Oh, that's, that's so, so awesome. And it shows the love that you have for your chickens. Mm -hmm. I mean, it started from something so small where you were connecting and just naming them. And mm -hmm. then in hindsight, like, it was probably really good for those months, as much as it probably sucked, that you didn't have a whole lot of friends because you were brand new because you could connect to your purpose and connecting to the chickens and really seeing how much you love it and enjoy it and understanding the breed, understanding mm -hmm. how they work, what helps them, like 
this whole learning experience that happened it all happens for a reason and unfortunately you need to be a little bit isolated but um, now when you have this farm and you've grown into it you really know the social aspect of your hens and your roosters so you could be like no that and you know what kind of breeds and you know how they work and you know what they should be fed you can you can read that and, and that's why we're so open to people coming over and we want people to to come out and experience the farm because uh, you know that's such a great experience for us we mm -hmm. that's the kind of thing that we would want to do yeah. uh, on on a weekend or, or a day that you got uh free uh, to do something because there's a lot of cool things that go on in in that farm life and you know you take all those different parts of your life the things that you want uh, the things that you have and how do you fit them together and, and bring that synergy to make something really cool. Um, and so the education aspect of the farm uh, that comes into how we want to raise our kids and how we want to teach the kids and how important it is for other people to, to get exposure to that kind of a thing. And you know, have, what we have is not easy to get. It was not an easy path to, to be where we are and then to be able to share it with people uh, to have that same experience without the the, the capital and the the Time. physical um, uh, yeah. barriers that you have to overcome, uh, I think I think going forward in the next several years that that there's going to be benefits we're, we're not even thinking about right now. Yeah. Um, as far as community wise and and all that kind of stuff. Oh, you guys are going to blow sure. up. You, you get everything sure. is in alignment for you guys. Yeah. You guys are going to blow up. And it's when things be really are good. in alignment, sometimes we had to learn this a little bit the hard way, but you don't know it until you get outside your box. Um, that like uh, we, I had two small businesses. I started at, when I was 24, and I opened a second at 26. And 28, we opened this space. But before that, Trent worked out of town uh, pretty often in oil and mm, gas, and just kind years. of scaled up through that and that system. And so we never really like besides these small businesses. I never, we never took the leap like we did today. And then you start to think like before you take the leap like oh we gotta have so much saved up we gotta have so much set aside you need to be more in a stable position you need to have this kind of job or, or we need to pay off this vehicle or like have this much in the savings like we prayed for like a chunk in the savings sure. like that was gonna be the thing and like we were gonna have <laughs> talk about like we got super depleted before we opened this space sure. like you know what <laughs> i mean like every new business so <laughs> that. Yeah, people so from the outside they don't know that like people who yes. are entrepreneurs they don't know because the they struggle. see a business and they're like oh yeah. they must be wealthy like no. No. rice and beans yeah. Yeah. rice and beans <laughs> yeah. i mean at Heard the peak that. of our Heard real estate that. empire when we <laughs> had the most amount of properties i i think it's when we were the poorest mm. like yeah. rice and beans because every time we get to this next level we'd level up yes. yes and when you level up you strip all your assets and you <laughs> write some beans it so if you want to go from a house to an apartment building that's a huge leap yeah so i mean that's when you make a lot of rice and beans you eat a lot of oatmeal you don't go out to dinner like yes yeah. we were just yeah, talking we about that with his mom this morning yeah. i was like when um you know we made the transition to quit yeah. we knew it was going to be really hard we did not know how hard it was going to be um, <laughs> but uh, like we kind of thought you know like not knowing you kind of think oh so we don't go out to eat anymore i could do that all right mm. we don't go on vacation for a while all right like <laughs> I did not know how bad it was, you know. But when you're fighting for that dream and you know yeah. it's right, it's worth it. It's worth every it's worth penny it. of it because yeah. you're just like, 
it's just is what it is for now. It mm -hmm. is what it is for now. I know it's going to be perfect. I know it's going to keep growing and I know we're going to help hundreds, maybe thousands of people and that'll be fulfilling enough, you know? Yeah. And, and of course the financial stability is going to come after that because it's like the reward, mm -hmm. but you're really doing it to help. And that's the main purpose that drives it. And then the financial stability just comes along with it. Yeah. And I think that's so beautiful too to know your guys' story and like to like let other people know like we we didn't like win the lottery and do this or have this chunk of change. Like, like we risked it risked it all. We risked it all. We have multiple times. Yes. 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 Put it on red. Let it ride. Yeah. Yeah. yeah this yep. is a standard joke in our family. I always say, I'll know I'm successful when I can have a maid that does the laundry and cleans the house. Oh man, yeah, right and there I with you. And I swear, <laughs> every time we get a maid, God gives us an opportunity. It's like a challenge. Like, no! <laughs> and I'm like, no, I've had a maid for three weeks. No, no, I don't want to buy an office building. Go away. No, I don't want it. <laughs> I'm happy where I am I right know. now. I'm very like, content. I've got wow. a housekeeper. I'm not doing my own laundry. Again. We roll that dice and I'm rice doing and the laundry. Oh, rice rice and beans. Beans. You're like, remember a couple months ago when we had a housekeeper? Oh, those were good times. Remember when the house good was cleaned time. by someone yeah. other than me? And now look at us, we rice and beans. It's great. <laughs> and everyone says rice and beans, but we really do, right? We have like a... She buys in bulk. Buy the 50 pound bag from is, Canada because yeah. they're non-GMO, yeah. not treated oh. by anything. By, um, we're, get, we're getting close here, so let's... I know. I wanted to... Did you guys want to talk about the food forest? Yeah, let's yeah, talk about the food let's forest. Let's talk real about quick. the food forest and the nativeness of it. Oh, yeah. Yes. So I have never been accused of being small-minded, and I tend to dream things up that to a normal human being would sound insane. Mm -hmm. But I have been really, really blessed cool. <laughs> because I have a bad habit of going 90% and then being like, well, that was great. Where I have married a, who I call my closer. So I, I will get that project 90% done and be like, well, I'm done. <laughs> Here you go, husband. So I, mm -hmm. I have married a wonderful closer. And I was thinking outside of the box when I was looking at my chicken feed bill because I'm super cheap. Like I take frugal, frugal. to a whole new level. <laughs> um, I learned that from my grandfather. He was a multimillionaire and he got all of his clothes at Goodwill and he has never in my lifetime spent more than $1,000 on a car. Wow. Like, never. Frugal. So yeah, frugal. frugal. Very, the mastery of the frugalness. <laughs> um, I mean, they sent my Auntie Paula to college on money they saved using coupons and paid her ride fully. Whoa. Just from coupon savings. So this was a life in the making then. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so I was channeling my grandparents thinking, how do I feed them for free? And I was going through all the different options that the state and the government offer. And reforesting is a huge issue in Pennsylvania because we've had so much clear cutting and mining and oh, yeah. the best thing you can do for soil recovery is to plant trees and for wildlife and the whole shebang. And I really wanted to be a wildlife preserve. So when I was designing my flower farm, I was designing miles of hedgerows. So a hedgerow is just a shrub that you plant in a straight line and it makes a barrier around your crop to prevent it from getting hit by the wind. So a flower will have a long stem if it's not being bullied by the wind, because when it's being bullied by the wind, it will get thick and short. And long stems are what florists wants, so you wrap all of your flowers in hedgerows. And I was like, well, hedgerows are expensive, so how do I do this for free? Luckily, we have a lot of space. Yeah. <laughs> so I reached out to the 10 Million Tree PA program, and they are giving me 600 trees for our farm, and originally I was going to do all each hedgerows, each or each season. Each so season. I'm getting 600 oh, wow. in spring and 600 in fall. 
Because if oh, you tell them that you awesome. want to reforest mm -hmm. your pasture, they're all about it. Oh. So I did a tremendous amount of research on everything that they offer that's free that produces food. And then I put it out on paper and I timed it to a chicken rotation schedule to practice rotational grazing. Yeah, awesome. So if I start my chickens in pasture one in June, what's gonna be blooming in pasture six in July? So as I rotate them into what's producing food, so I created a all native food forest for our chickens. And the trees actually arrive in a couple days, and we're going to invite your family to come plant trees. Yes. Oh, we would love that. Yeah, that would be yeah, so much that. fun. Yes. And we'll have the Boy Scouts out, and Penn State's going to show up, and oh, we're going to plant cool. this food forest. And the way I designed it is I've, it's 16-acre pasture, and I've wrapped the entire thing in Norwegian blue spruces as a wind barrier for the trees so that the trees can get really tall and not have to get dense and fortify themselves, just like the flowers. And then I'm planning everything on a straight line so that we can rotate the chicken tractors through them. But we'll have persimmon trees will be our fence post trees. So those are will be our biggest tree in the food factory. And then we'll put all of our woven wire against the trees instead of putting in posts and rebar and stud yeah. and all that mm -hmm. stuff. We're going to yeah. use the trees yeah, as our living expensive. posts. Mm -hmm. That's really smart. From that point, we're doing pawpaw trees. From the pawpaw trees. He loves pawpaws. From the pawpaws, we're doing elderberry, chokeberry, blueberry, black raspberry, hollyberry. So chokeberry is really good for you. A chokeberry is like a blueberry on steroids. Oh, right. It looks just like a blueberry, but it's bitter and tastes like wine. But it's got like six times the antioxidants of a blueberry. And my intention. Yeah, Some chokeberry spread for some bread. That sounds delicious. I'd love to steal some from the chickens. Right. So my intention is to drop our feed cost by two-thirds um, in the first year we're in the food forest. Now, obviously, it's going to need time to establish, so this is a five-year thing. So what I'm doing now is I documented how many eggs we're getting the chickens in the barn being fed strictly on grain. Mm -hmm. In the next two weeks, we're moving them 100% onto rotating pasture, so they will be fully pasture-raised chickens, but we'll still have to supplement grain. From there, I'm gonna document how many eggs we're getting, how nutritious are these eggs, what are my feed costs, and then once I have those numbers and my food forest is established, we'll move them into the food forest, and I wanna have a study, and I'm, I'm working to have it professionally done, that proves it's cheaper to raise them in these food forests compared to clear cutting. Because everyone wants to raise chickens, they clear cut their forest, mm -hmm. and they roll these chicken tractors through on grass. Well, how can you create a sustainable system because these food forests support migrating birds. They create habitat. They're great for bunnies. They're great for pollinators. Water retention. Water retention. Yeah. They clean the soil. They clean more the air. Insects, more insects, yeah, which more is bugs. more food for them. More yeah. frogs. And yeah. eggs are as close to whatever the animal eats. I mean, all that nutrition is going to go into that egg, and it, 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 it mirrors that as close as any other food you can get. So if you're putting better food into that chicken, you're getting a better egg by far. Friends of ours are working on a nutrition scanner so that you can yeah. scan if there's two carrots and one carrot is $5, one carrot is $10, and you scan it, it links right to your phone and tells you the nutrition density of it. Yeah, and that's so cool. <laughs> so what we're working on doing is working with them to scan our eggs on traditional food bought from the feed store, scan them when they're pasture raised, and then scan them when they're food forest raised. And my intent is to have the most nutritious eggs in America. 
Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's you know, a goal. That's, that's really cool. No, yeah. that's, that's a, it. That's just a Just the best She held it to the United States, <laughs> and I'm very happy. This is, this is she's practicing boundaries. <laughs> she's yeah. practicing boundaries. Yeah. Well, I thought it would be kind of hard to compete with the world, you know. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, like, once, once but you if conquer. I can compete with the U.S., then I'll start working on continents. Right. Right. But if we can change the way that livestock is raised. Even just in Pennsylvania, imagine the impact that would have yes. on nature. So this is For like, sure. I want to use the word regenerative, but this sounds more than regenerative. Like, what it, what would you call it? Like, because regenerative, they do, they move the, the, not the crops, they move the animals around and they do all I that. Mean, but it you is have, technically regenerative agriculture. I think I'm just taking, just taking it to, it to above yeah, steroids. Steroids. You so much yeah. further because you're using yeah. native plants mm -hmm. and you're using the forest and the soil. Like, this is like... Like you said, regenerative, regenerative farming on steroids. Uh, <laughs> like regenerative to native to like I don't know. Like it's it just I know, I sounds like really awesome. Yeah, like regenerative. I don't know. And we're we're also hoping to get these guys in, in uh, a friend of ours documentary that they're doing too. So maybe you'll see them on TV soon. Cool. Yeah, that would be, really be super cool because cool they're do about biodiversity. Mm -hmm. So I and think I think it's perfect like, fit. I think it's so niche too, like I, like we keep saying that you're using native plants. Mm -hmm. I think that's so cool and so niche because like a lot of those plants, like you said, have been cut down, moved, or and replaced with other plants. But and they're just not pretty. And yeah. here's the smart side of that. It's it's great that you want to have native plants, but native plants are naturally easier to grow in because the existing they're soil. <laughs> yeah, they're native they're for a reason. Yeah. Oh, it sounds, it's like mind-blowing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, like, <laughs> like, oh, well, so cool you found the program, too, that the state is willing to help with the reforesting. Mm -hmm. That's That's, that's good to know, too, that Pennsylvania really does care. That oh, they yeah. very much There's care. a lot of good mm -hmm. programs, yeah. There's a lot. I have learned <clears> in dealing <throat> with the state, when someone tells you no, go above them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Plain and simple, go above them. I yeah. do not accept no. If you accept no in your reality, then that's your answer. So like when that. someone tells me yeah. no, I say thank you for your time and I ask for their boss. Yeah. And I do it super respectfully. Usually I'll hang up and call back and ask to speak to someone else and then get channeled to the boss that way. But I don't take no for an answer because I, I just don't accept it. When I first asked how to get trees, they're like, oh, well, you're going to have to sign away the rights to your land and be in this program. And I'm like, no, that's not for me. So I then called the next person and then I called the next person. I started yeah. at the state level and then I went, I started at the county level and then I went to the state and then I went to the national level and then I had the national watershed specialist out on our farm and she's like, oh yeah, no, really, you can just do this, this, and this and you'll be fine. That's cool. It went from sign away your rights to your waterways to nah, just these are free and plant those there and you'll be fine. Yeah. Like, That's cool. Yeah, this I whole mean, hassle. A lot, sometimes mm -hmm. people say no just because they can or maybe for a lack of resources or out of laziness. Like, there's so many reasons why people say no. Mm -hmm. Half the time, I think mm -hmm. it's just because they just don't know. Yeah. yeah. And they will not admit it. Yep, I totally oh, yeah, agree. Oh, yeah, that, too. Uh -huh. Well, yeah. that, that type of drive is what's going to help you guys, like, get, get it's far. It's drive, yeah, pressing, yeah. drive, mm -hmm. press, yeah. drive, you mm -hmm. know, like, not accepting the first note that comes by you. Because mm -hmm. no's come more often than yeses do. Oh, they come <laughs> more often, yeah, because yeah. it's Very easy. Yeah. Yeah. And then even in our flower business, I was really blessed, and I got to go into Penn Avenue Floral, which is a huge wholesaler in the city. Oh. And um, the man who's in charge of coordinating all the regional buying gave me a tour of their coolers. And he said, this is what we bring in from Florida. This is what it looks like. This is the condition it arrives in. And I was like, there are native plants to Pennsylvania that look exactly like this, <laughs> that I can get for free from the state. And better quality. 
and he says if you can grow it i'll buy it so now instead of because they come in from they're grown in Colombia they're shipped to they're shipped to um, Florida yeah. from Florida they're driven what? up to Pennsylvania from Pennsylvania How they're distributed to the east coast yeah, right so that doesn't sound profitable at that point even like I don't know how it is so well, now yeah. there's 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 better ways to do it yeah there's better ways yeah. to do it it's just nobody's doing it. So now we're Except working with them, not. exactly. And all of those miles and miles of hedgerows yeah. that produce food for the wildlife also produce flowers. They produce bushes. So we're going to have a harvestable, profitable crop yeah. that supports nature. Because think about That's it: cool. a hedgerow is ten feet wide. If you're only harvesting the outside two feet, that leaves six feet of hedgerow for nests and for food and for wildlife. Yeah. So to be able to turn something that's good for the environment because I am a huge capitalist and I think the way you're going to the way we make our planet green is through capitalism people need to vote with their dollar yeah. put your money where you want to see the change and figure out a way to make nature profitable absolutely so by all putting in all these profitable hedgerows and if I can test dummy it on my farm and put it in a way that's super understandable so that other flower farmers can do it and they can build huge habitats on their farm and make a turn a profit. Mm -hmm. It makes it so much sounds, more achievable. Sounds like a win-win. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's yeah. a big win. That's yeah. almost like when Gabe, if you guys know Gabe Brown, you probably heard of him. He's the soil guy. He's from North Dakota, but he's written okay. Dirt to Soil. And like no-till. He mm -hmm. made no-till. Yeah, no-till. Yeah. He got yeah, yeah, yeah. that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like at least made it more popular because he realized the same thing. Like. I don't have to do all killing this plowing and killing everything mm -hmm. and killing all I the get, worms, yeah, all the bugs. make more profit, mm -hmm. better better produce, yeah, the whole thing. So that's really cool. I love that you guys are local to us. <laughs> I know, I know. That's what's so cool. I know. <laughs> yeah. So we're all right. we're right at the end now. So let's let's tell everybody where for one where they can find your products, where they can find you guys, and like how they can you get in touch and support you guys. Sure. You know that better than me. Um, <laughs> we have a Facebook. Evelyn's Farm and make sure you get the one in Pennsylvania because there are apparently a lot of Evelyn's Farms. <laughs> we have an Instagram. Uh, we will. We are working with a company to have a formal Instagram that will be Evelyn's Farm. But right now we have an informal one so if you want to follow us two crazies it's My Monarch Meadow. And then um, we can, in the show notes if you guys are okay with it, we can put the address for our farm. Yeah. It's yeah. 71 Patterson Road and come cruise on by. And there's a couple restaurants and such that are, are looking to work with us as well. Oh, yeah. awesome, we're, we're, awesome. We just uh, closed on our second restaurant that we'll be serving our, our it's a zero cafe, and they'll be serving our eggs. Uh, Ankit's awesome. Fresh to the Farm Juice will be serving our eggs. Mm -hmm. And I'm just gonna keep raised taking off of them. his food. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. That's, that's, that's awesome. sustainable. It's pretty cool I all the way that. around. Yeah. yeah, I think that's so cool. I think it's so cool. And then yeah, you got to you said zero cafe. Mm -hmm. Where's that at? Uh, it's I can get you the I, I in the show notes. We can put yeah. their, their yeah. information on. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll, we also have egg so. subscriptions, so people just reach out to us directly. And we have egg pickups on the farm, so we're trying to do a zero waste business. So instead of having traditional plastic cartons that just end up in a landfill, mm -hmm. we have these really beautiful reusable baskets. Mm. So our subscribers, um, usually on Saturday, I send them a text, are you still interested in picking up your eggs on Tuesday? And so people are like, well, I'm out of town, or usually we yeah. get a yes. And then on Tuesday, they show up 
at our farm and they pick up their eggs and they get to play with the baby goat and the kids run in the flower fields. In the in the basket that, that they have. It's kind of like the membership card is a basket. Yeah, yeah. so they bring yeah, their right empty on. basket back and they take another one home and the goal is to just be zero waste and inclusive. We want our community to be a part of our farm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because little kids don't get to go play on a farm. They don't get to hold a baby goat. They don't get to <laughs> right. run through yeah. the flower fields and get come, come home covered in mud. And we want to share that with our community. That's We've awesome. got 1,500 peonies that are going to come into bloom, and our mm. fields are open to the public. They can come out and pick a flower, have a picnic. There's beautiful hiking trails on our farm. My husband restored the waterways so you can walk through them without worrying about a tree falling on your head. You know, little things. <laughs> little things. <laughs> Did some safe defying. <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff. <laughs> we, yeah, we're, we might wind up doing a little obstacle course out there at some point, too. So, oh, we would yeah. love it. listeners, keep. Keep your eyes out for that, because if we do, that would be really fucking cool. And I think cool. we might, so we just haven't really put any effort into it yet. Yeah, <laughs> so, but but, and Daniel's done some Ironmans and uh, some Tough Mudders and stuff, too, so we have, like, a professional helping us guys. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> we'll wrap that. Do you guys have a website, too, that we can add? Not yet. We're not, not yet? that okay. cool just yet. Okay. No, that's totally cool. I was definitely slow to jump onto the whole uh, social media thing. Oh. Social media is hard. Uh -huh. Social media is hard. <laughs> I, I was like, if I just get the flowers in the ground and I get the chickens healthy, and then one day my friend was like, well, how are you going to sell all of this? How are people going to know about you? That's a point. So now she's working on building our website. I'll just put it in there anyways because hopefully you have it up by time. <laughs> It'll yeah. be coming soon. Yeah, it'll be coming soon. <laughs> if it's not there when you click on it, it will be there soon. Yeah. So. yeah, we'll get there eventually. Oh, awesome. In case you forgot, this podcast is sponsored by the book sales of Rewilding the Bonded Man, a book about optimizing hormones specifically for men naturally. And we're also sponsored by the book sales of Awakening the Tranquil Warrior, which is Caitlin and I's path from fat to fit as young adults, infertile, and then too fertile. Very, very fertile. We're also sponsored by Energy Fitness Studios in Washington, Pennsylvania, and we're sponsored by the Old Road Farm. And if you don't know why we're sponsored by them, it's because we really care about their products, we care about their family, and if you wanna know more about it, you need to check out the podcast with Carice Tressel earlier on in um, this first season here. Also, check out their website at theoldroadfarm.com and find out why their products are superior 